from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... Wow, it's crazy. It's already March 26th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. And yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers is one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot of work to do to restore the republic. I'll tell you that right now. But don't fear. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back. One heart, one mind, one issue at a time. Friday, quick recap of yesterday's news before we kick off today's broadcast. We had on Sheriff Richard Mack with us for two hours. He's the president of the CSPOA. That's the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. And the CSPOA is a partnership between citizens and local law enforcement, especially sheriffs. Richard Mack encourages those who are not involved in law enforcement to get involved, to stand with their sheriffs, to make friends with those who serve them, to join, to become a member, to get involved, CSPOA.org. I'm a lifetime member and highly recommend you become one as well. Sheriff Richard Mack went to Hawaii last week, and he attended and reported on the Honolulu mask protest. Very interesting event. Richard was there. The cops came. Uh, The cops asked Richard Mack to stand up and encourage people to wear masks and social distance. Richard Mack agreed and got up there and said, hey, you should wear masks and you should social distance and, you know, all that. But then the cops started getting a little more agitated and well, there was about four to 600 people there, not social distancing, not wearing masks. Richard finally, um, after he spoke, told the originators of the rally, you know what? The cops are fixing to do something crazy. I'm going to leave. So Richard Mack leaves. The cops get crazy. Uh, they throw a woman down who had two children with her, kind of beat her up and arrest her. Anyway, it didn't go very well. But the good sheriff eventually went back and talked to the police officers and said, you know, you guys are out of line here. There is no authority for mask mandates. Anyway, there you have it. But now they're saying, in addition to this, Hawaii is getting out of control. Ex-cops, they say, could now lead quarantine and mask crackdowns. There are efforts underway in Hawaii to create a statewide force of retired police officers to further crack down. If you won't follow COVID-19 quarantine laws, if you won't wear a mask, they're going to arrest and crack down on you, and they're going to use ex-cops as a force across the state to do it. That's the proposal. I submit to you that it's out of control, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Operation Diaper Face Nation. I'll tell you that right now. That was hour one. Hour two, we continued with the good sheriff, Richard Mack. We talked about cancel culture. 
We have met the enemy, which turns out to be our own government, writes Kathleen Margwert, doing a great job with her article highlighting. You know what? It's hard to know who's the enemy now, right? I mean, you've got the United States in bed with Antifa and Black Lives Matter and big business and big tech and everything else. Who's your enemy? It's hard to even tell these days, right? We also talked about Vice President Harris slated for one-on-one with Bill Clinton, believe it or not, of all people, to discuss empowering women and girls. The women who were raped and sexually abused by President or former President, I should say, Bill Clinton, are rioting. They're out of control. They're just, are you kidding me right now? But that's true. Kamala Harris and Bill Clinton to discuss empowering women and girls. Amazing stuff, to say the least. We also talked about Joe Biden said on Wednesday that there isn't a single thing that a man can do that a woman cannot do better. That's right. Joe Biden, whacked out, crazy, grandpa, pervert Joe. That's right. Says that there isn't a single thing that a man can do that a woman can't do just as well, if not better. And I pointed out several things that men can do better than women. We highlighted this reality check on the uh, military uh, testing for physical capabilities, etc. Women are failing at an alarming rate. What about that? I also proposed a basketball game. Let's just let the NBA and the WNBA have a uh, you know an all-star game. You know what? Women team and a men team, all-star. Let them go head-to-head and see who dominates, shall we? Finally, I kind of hinted to Joe, if we're going to do the battle of the sexes, then you know what? I can show how men in many ways are superior to women. First off, men have the ability in the God-given procreative process to donate their part to making a baby. And without men donating their part to making a baby, women can't have any babies, folks. The point that I'm getting at is this is not a competition between male and female, Joe. This is not a transgender uh, you know, shut white men down uh, at every turn discussion. If you look at God's law, he starts out in Genesis, God Almighty, teaching us through Scripture that male and female created he them. He didn't create them to be conflicting or to have the battle of the sexes. This is not a reality TV show um, trying to alarm the citizenry, folks. God made male and female to be complementary to one another not adversarial, not, not battle of the sexes, but rather complementary. They have different talents, different attributes, different God-given internal innate capabilities and responsibilities. And the two together in complementary roles is greater than the sum of its parts. They call it synergism. It's greater than the sum of its parts. Okay, so Joe, I'm not here to debate what men and women can do better. I'm here to bring men and women together, Joe. And I thought you were for uniting people as well. Maybe you ought to start with not dividing the sexes, huh? Researchers in Mexico now created a nose mask for people to wear while they're eating and drinking. I kid you not. They say the mask decreases the cocoa uh, infections. That's according to Reuters. And what happens is you take off your big diaper mask, and then you got a little nose mask on that you can wear while you're eating. I guess so you don't blow snot out of your nose or root beer out of your nose. I don't know what it is. Anyway, so they have these videos of people taking off their big diaper mask, and then they reveal the eating mask underneath, don't you know? And once they get done eating, they quickly put back on the diaper face. I mean, it is just a shame, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. There you have that, though. 
They also have another mask that there's this little kind of a door with a little lever that you pull. And when you move the lever, then the door opens and you could shove something in your mouth and then quickly flap the door shut with your lever. They got that kind of mask coming out as well. So they're getting out of control with the masks, folks. And the state of Oregon is thinking about making masks permanent. Of course, don't you know when it's safe, they'll, they'll get rid of the law. But it's just a temporary permanency, if you will, is what they're asking for. Joe Biden faced off with reporters for the first time since Inauguration Day. It didn't go very well. Joe kind of stumbled around and took questions from his favorite list of reporters. And uh, there was a couple of exchanges that made you believe that it was, you know, hard hitting. But it was nothing but political theater. Coddle Joe. Give Joe softball questions and pretend we had a real press conference. Meanwhile, while Joe's getting softball questions, Mexico's president, what's this guy's name, Andres Manuel, whatever said the Biden administration, created expectations for migrants that is now leading to the crisis at the border. So everybody's admitting there's a crisis at the border except for whacked out Joe. Texas Senator Ted Cruz I guess he was on a press conference, and he was looking at the camera, and the reporter in the background said, Hey, Joe, I'm I'm sorry. Hey, Ted, can you please put on your mask? And Ted said, No, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm looking at the camera. I'm not going to wear a mask while I'm looking right into the camera. Just not going to do it. And so he then told the reporter, If you're uncomfortable, why don't you just step back and social distance? After all, we're already all vaccinated and everything else. We all have immunity. I don't know what the problem is. So the debate rages. And so that's the recap of yesterday's news the networks refused to use on Liberty Roundtable Live. News today starts now. And I've got my buddy filling in for Lowell Nelson. His name is Chris Carlson. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, my friend. Yes, sir, Sam. Right here, ready to go. What's our topic? Man, there's so much to talk about. Do you want to make any comments about yesterday's news? Uh, yesterday's news, uh, I was planning on talking about an information flyer that I circulated throughout my neighborhood, but uh, what would you, where would you like to start? Well, let's, let's first talk about Joe Biden's press conference. Did you see it? Did you hear about it? I, I heard all about it. I heard it was very uh, well canned, very, very well scripted. He followed the script to a T. And what else can we expect? I think even liberals are starting to catch on to the fact that this guy was very well unqualified to not only run for president, but to uh, actually get enough votes. What do they say? That he got 80 million votes, which is probably the inverse of what he really got. He probably got as many as Trump did, if that, and Trump probably got the 80 million is what I'm guessing. Because they, they do, they toggle the vote counts uh, you know, with with uh, electronic voting that they have control over, he, you know, he, anyway, Sam, the, what you can expect nowadays is usually just the opposite. So I'm guessing that he did not. Uh, All right, when we so come no, back from the quick pause, Chris, when we come back from this quick pause, there's a lot of news that I want to talk about Joe Biden really quick. We will get to your flyer you passed out to your neighborhood as well in the broadcast today. I'm Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson with me. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Mom, you don't know anything about me anymore. (sighs) Honey, I know you're good at math. 
you don't like English. I know Ryan smiled at you yesterday at school. I know your favorite color is purple. And I know you don't like mushrooms. And who can blame you? I mean, mushrooms are a fungus, and people generally try to avoid funguses. Or is it fungi? I'm never quite sure. But, you know, either way, I mean, penicillin is good. Penicillin is a mold. Huh. Well, I guess you're right. So you like penicillin, but not mushrooms. <laughs> no matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. Mom, mm. if we talk, will you be quiet? Love to. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Chris Carlson with me, Lowell Nelson, out taking care of some personal stuff. Biden, quote, Harris is now in charge of the White House. I kid you not. There's a leaked email directive that elevates the vice president, Kamala Harris, uh, because of the president's health. Please be sure to reference the current administration as the Biden-Harris administration an official public communication explains. The directive reads, with Biden-Harris administration accented in bold. So you literally now have, just as we predicted when Joe Biden was running for office, that he's not fit for office. He's not able to deal with it. Yesterday's press conference just puts that in stark reality for even the best of the Biden supporters. Look, this guy cannot handle it. He literally got confused. He literally doesn't have answers. He literally uh, has turned more and more and more over to Harris. And now we get a leaked directive. If you don't believe me, the Washington Times has this piece, okay? So it's not just me. But Harris is in charge of the White House. Please be sure to reference the current administration is the Biden-Harris administration. Now listen to this. Biden's response to the border crisis let Harris handle it. Now, agents literally release 2,000 illegal aliens into the country without even telling them to appear in court. So we have a serious problem, not only at the border, but with the administration. And it kind of uh, is scary to me. Maybe I'm getting a little bit too bold here, Chris. But when you have a man who's not fit to serve and the Democrat Party elects him anyway, 
by hook or by crook, if you will. Now he's in the White House and people are around him and they know that he's not fit to serve, but yet they kind of have somebody else pulling the strings for Joe. At some point it borders on treason, Chris. Any comments? Well, yeah, I don't think this is any change over what we've had over the last five or six presidents. I don't think any president, including Ronald Reagan, has ever been in complete control. And there are ways and means, and they change from president to president, Sam, on how they control people. But uh, I think Joe, you know, with his, what, 28 to 30 years that he's been, no, it's been more like 48 years that he's been in government, he knows that uh, Congress, that the presidency, even the judiciary, don't really call the shots. Because if you call the wrong shot, you find you end up like um, uh, John Kennedy. You and, and I, I think he knows, uh, and he knows that if he ever exposes that fact, and I think Donald Trump, uh, to a degree, was controlled. You know, just like when he tried to withdraw the troops from Afghanistan and Iraq, he found out very soon that that's uh, an area that he just can't go. So, yes, we do have an illegitimate president. We do have a, a president that is controlled by the highest echelons of power. And hopefully... Uh, this will expose the fact to the general populace that we have, uh, we are controlled not by those who we elect. And we don't even elect them, as you pointed out. We, I mean, Joe Biden was the least likely of all of the Democratic candidates during the primary that I thought would even have a chance. And look, you know, he came out uh, at the head of the pack. You know, these things just don't make sense, Sam. And hopefully people will put two and two together and realize that uh, presidents and even to a degree, congressmen are selected and not elected. So let's hope for the best. Sad tale, but true, and I agree with you. However, I would submit to you that in the past, they've kind of had presidents controlled by the deep state, by an unseen hand, by a shadow government, whatever you want to call it. It's been done in kind of secret, where they really kept that from the American people. This is kind of the first time, though, that it's so blatant, so in your face, that it's about impossible to deny. In 25 years when I got into radio and I'd bring up these topics, people said, you're nuts, Sam, you're crazy. Now people come and say to me, how did you know? So it is becoming more and more evident. It's really the first time that it's kind of been out in the open, in plain sight, blatantly in your face. I was going to say, we're running out of conspiracy theories, Sam, because they're all becoming conspiracy facts. And they're almost to the point where they're undeniably verifiable. At least the circumstantial evidence is there. And if we're not seeing it, we're, we're not looking. So, yeah, I mean, you're I right about that. And I'll tell, you that, I'll tell you the next headline that really kind of highlights this point that you're making. Headline says Biden administration calls on SCOTUS. So, in other words, Biden calls on the Supreme Court to let police enter homes and confiscate guns without a warrant. You know that they're getting scared of the... Look, when people are afraid of the government, we have tyranny. When the government's afraid of the people, we have liberty. You have a healthy dose of a government knowing they're overreaching, knowing they're going to get pushed back uh, and blowback from the American people, uh, and the government then trying to say, well, we got to mitigate this by, uh, you know what, passing gun control laws and or going into your home, putting fear into the people, etc. You know they understand the stakes are high, Chris. And, and if they ever cross that line, I think that will take this uh, to a whole new level, Sam, as you and I both know. And I hope they don't do that. And I don't think they will do that on a large scale until a last resort effort on their part. They might do it on a limited scale 
as long as it, it doesn't uh, get to the point where it becomes general knowledge what is happening, because that will really make the American view. It will make me mad. You know, I don't want them uh, invading my privacy, violating my Fourth Amendment rights. Uh, so, you know, the, what we need to do, Sam, is, is exactly what you've been doing for the last 35 or so years. We need to educate people on what's going on. And we need to prepare people to be willing to sacrifice what is necessary, even our own lives, if necessary, to defend this republic, because it is a spiritual struggle. It's not just something uh, that we do in this mortal sphere, because if we look at it that way, then we would be willing to compromise here a little, there a little, until pretty soon we are abject slaves. But if you look at it from a spiritual perspective, and you have to in order to be able to be willing to do what is going to be uh, required of you uh, now and in the future, we need to look at it from an eternal perspective and something for which we will receive a reward uh, in the eternal world if we are faithful in that trust. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this broadcast is all about doubling down and being faithful in that trust, as Chris wisely puts it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know it's getting bad, though, when senators that are usually quiet, they usually don't speak out, speak out pretty boldly. And now it turns out that as the Biden administration calls on the Supreme Court to literally let police enter homes and confiscate guns without warrants, I mean, it's just out of control, in your face. I agree with Chris, it won't happen on a mass scale yet. However, the people better stand up against this, and there be, better be a serious, great-numbered outcry over this. But it is so bad that even Mike Lee's speaking out about it. Here's Mike Lee's statement. Utah Senator Mike Lee says that gun control has racist roots and suppresses minorities. He's absolutely right if you study the history. It does have racist roots. It does have serious repercussions, serious suppressing of minorities. A lot of this gun control stuff kind of was hinted at so the slaves don't get restless kind of an idea uh, back in the day. So this is a very serious uh, issue, and uh, the people who are most at risk with gun control, the people who are most at risk if we say, you know what, abolish the police entirely or whatever, defund the police ideas. The people most at risk are the minorities in this case, uh, Chris. I would agree. You know, they're the most vulnerable. You know, if you look at a cheetah or a lion or a tiger, how it hunts, it always goes for the weakest of the gazelles in the herd, right? Well, minorities sometimes, well, usually, statistically, are some of the weakest prey that the government can prey on. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And they will be affected the most because they have, uh, you know, obviously everybody will be affected. I don't mean to single out any particular ones, but, yeah, it is racist. And if they go after whites only, that's also just as racist. I mean, racism against any group is. is racism. Regard. Go ahead. And you understand my view on race. I believe that we're all God's children and we should behave like it. Well, yeah, I agree. I you know, people know that uh, I married outside of my race. I love all of God's children just as God would expect me to. And to make a distinction between one race and another is, uh, by its very nature, racist. So I. Anyway, go ahead, Sam. I would say it depends on how it's acknowledged. I think that your wife, for example, should celebrate her culture, should celebrate her heritage. You should do the same. But that doesn't mean that we're at odds over that. No, we, we, like you say, we should celebrate. 
Um, and America has become a melting pot, and we, we should be grateful for that fact. But not, we, we, you know, as soon as you uh, group people into different races or, or sexes or economic classes, then you create division, which is counterproductive. You know, as you said, son, we should celebrate that fact. We shouldn't uh, try to divide and conquer like they're doing. Hopefully Most important, ladies and gentlemen, we should stand shoulder to shoulder for the sacred cause of liberty as Americans, and we should help all people around the world be as great as they can be. Quick pause. You're listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. A tornado killed at least five people and injured several others in Calhoun County, Alabama. The county's coroner confirmed on Thursday evening. A major tornado outbreak featured high-end violent tornadoes that were blowing across the south, with cities including Birmingham and Nashville at risk of severe weather. President Biden came to his first press conference eager to talk about COVID-19, but was instead repeatedly asked about other growing problems in America. Biden answered multiple questions on the border, hinting that he may be willing to end the filibuster and that he plans to run for re-election. All the while, we learn President Biden is under a federal probe over his order to cut off funding for the southern border wall. On Thursday, the Government Accountability Office, or GAO, said it's investigating Biden for freezing border wall funds because that money had already been appropriated by Congress. Back in January, Biden signed an executive order to withhold $1.4 billion allocated for wall construction. USA Radio News. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Linzess and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. The bright light show in the Pacific Northwest Thursday night is explained. Wendy Kang from the Pacific Northwest USA Radio News Bureau has more. At around 9 p.m. Pacific time, multiple people recorded what seemed to be a meteor breaking up in the skies over Oregon. Witnesses say the light was very bright before it exploded. Video shows an amazing light show lasting almost a minute long as the pieces slowly break apart. Astronomer Jonathan McDowell says the Falcon 9 second stage from the March 4 Starlink launch failed to make a deorbit burn and re-entered after 22 days in orbit. He said the re-entry was observed from Seattle all the way through to Northern California. McDowell also said the deployment rods from the Falcon 9 should be down sometime next week. Thanks for listening and happy TGIF, my friend. We are USA Radio News.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson on your radio. Violent tornadoes raking Alabama. Nearby states bracing for impact. Authorities rush to aid Alabama residents Thursday as they say violent, long track tornadoes savage the state. This is a sad tale to tell. Our prayers are with those folks uh, in economic and weather turmoil. The two together are disaster for the folks in Alabama and people of the South, Chris. Yeah, it makes us feel grateful up here. We haven't so far had anything serious, although if we do, it will probably be an earthquake, as you well know, Sam. And um, I, I do not shy away from the notion that that this whole nation is being punished. I, I know a lot of people you know, don't like to hear that. How do you feel about that, Sam? Do you think that uh, weather events could be punishments from our Heavenly Father for not abiding by His Word? Let me answer it this way. I do believe that we have evidence biblically and other scriptures that document that the Lord does use the weather to not punish, but rather to stir his people up in remembrance of their God. So we need to think about it not as a punishment. Think about it as a, a little bit of a blessing. And I know you would say, well, Sam, that's hardly a blessing. No, 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 listen. The, the God... I shouldn't say the God. God has a greater um, desire to help his children remember him and turn to him. Because when they do, he can bless them. When they turn against him, uh, he doesn't bless them. In fact, they lose the blessings. And so God doesn't really use weather to punish us necessarily. But he does use weather to stir us up in remembrance of who we are and our God and his commandments and our need for repentance and our need for forgiveness and our need to rely on God. After all, on our own merits, we can't make it. It's by our uh, works and faith. We do our very best because God asks us to, you know, the Savior Jesus Christ says, come follow me. We have an obligation to do those things. And when we do, we're blessed. And when we don't, we lose those blessings. And when we turned away from God, when we're not keeping his commandments, when we become a wicked people, he uses weathers, famines, wars, these things to remind us to turn to God. And so I don't want to think of it as a punishment, but I do want to articulate that God absolutely uses the weather to remind his people about the things that are important in life. And so I don't want to make a cause and effect relationship to say the people in Alabama are worse than the rest of the nation because they got hit by a tornado. I don't want to make it that finite and that direct or that um, okay. cause and Fair effect. Enough, but I do Fair want enough. to say in general across the across the nation, we are being reminded of our God without a doubt. And whether it's the, the tornadoes in Alabama today, whether it's the um, you know snowstorms and ice storms of several weeks ago, whether it's heat waves that, that take out people's power, um, no doubt those are effects of that along with famines, along with wars, are no doubt used by God to remind us who he is and who we are. Your thoughts? Yes, as an act of mercy rather than vengeance. And I will admit, Sam, that we're living in a nation that has forsaken God, and I wish I didn't have to say that. I think maybe, um, you know, I can, can uh, add myself to that list of people because I've done things that uh, I have regretted, and that God has reminded me in subtle ways, and in some ways not so subtle ways, that I've strayed from the path that He would like me to tread. 
But uh, if, if we could segue, I, I see these things happening in, happening in my own neighborhood and in my own state, in my own uh, community here. And that's one of the reasons that I um, put together this uh, flyer with information is specifically geared towards the what we call the COVID pandemic, which I call a fake pandemic. Can we talk about that at this point? Is that a good segue point, Sam? Absolutely, because remember, as God reminds us to turn to him, it's important that we do our very best to do so. This radio program is an effort to remind us all to turn to God, family, and country. And there are efforts of people across the country. There's a lot of good. And I know when you, when you read the news, you think everything is bad and horrible and it's the end of the world. I agree that we've, we've missed the boat on a lot of things and we've lost a lot of liberty. But let's be very clear. There are a lot of people doing a lot of good. And Liberty Roundtable is designed to bring that to your attention. Uh, not at the end of the day to have you lose hope, but to, you know what, document reality, which is things as they really are. But then point to solutions and point to the good people doing wonderful things across the country and how you can get involved in those great acts of kindness, of love, of patience, of forgiveness. Of, and, and the whole goal is to create a civil society that's kind and gentle and appreciative of one another. And we can serve one another. We can minister to one another. And this is part of your ministry, Chris. And we can warn one another. And as harsh as it may sound for me to say I'm warning my neighbors, I do it in a way that hopefully it does not offend them. I don't say, well, you're, you need to change in this way or you need to do this. It, it doesn't in general way include myself and the group of people that I believe needs to change. So what I did, Sam, is um, at the beginning of this so-called pandemic, I recognized there was something very sinister afoot. And I knew, based on the way we handle pandemics like the SARS and the bird flu, et cetera, et cetera, in the past, that we were taking a very radical, different approach to how we did this. And I knew in my heart and in my mind that this, was, uh, this is being done for a sinister purpose. And I wanted to let my neighbors know that, that's, that this is what is happening. So I put together this uh, pamphlet. And here's what I write, what I um, write, and I'll read it word for word if you don't mind. I don't think that should be a problem. If I were an by all means, sure, go ahead, sir. Of America, okay. So I, I write, and I distributed this to everybody in my neighborhood. In fact, everybody in my congregation, uh, members of the LDS Church, we call them wards, but you know, just think of it as a congregation. So I said, if Sam, if I were an enemy of the United States, what would I do to weaken her in a way? that her people might not suspect that she is being weakened. She is being weakened. In fact, how would I spin it in a way that Americans would actually think that I was helping them? In the case of a pandemic, one's first, second, and last line of defense is the immune system. All of the doctors and treatments in the world do not come close to comparing to the benefits of our God-given natural defenses against microscopic invaders. The very worst thing that one can do, therefore, is to weaken this wall of protection. But these forced lockdowns, mass mandates, and social distancing requirements do just that. And then I go on to explain how, in fact, what we're doing is is counterproductive to what we should be doing. The lockdowns reduce the amount of sunlight that our bodies are exposed to, which we know is essential to the synthesis of vitamin D. We know that the masks, inhibit the amount of oxygen that we're taking in. We know that social isolation uh, is can lead to depression, and I've 
met a couple of different people, one in my ward, who are suffering from depression during this, this pandemic. And I don't know why more people don't wake up to that fact. I know you have, Sam. I know most of the people that I have these discussions with, if they haven't already come to the conclusion that this is being foisted upon us for sinister reasons, they, they come to that conclusion after about five to ten minutes of discussing it. Um, do you have anything to respond to as far as that's concerned, Sam? Well, I would say this. A lot of people are waking up a year later. I've been um, kind of preaching the truth on this from the very beginning. From the very beginning, I said that masks make no sense. There's no evidence that they work. Fauci in the beginning said that we shouldn't be wearing them at all. And then he came back later and said, I lied. I told you you didn't need to wear them because I wanted the medical, you know, first line responders to be able to have um, the masks. And I didn't want y'all to take the masks until we had enough of them. So I lied. Sorry about that. Well, now he's basically uh, betrayed my trust to the point where I can never trust him again. Uh, The science for decades has been that masks don't help with flu and other kind of viruses like this. Uh, And then the debate even gets more sinister when you go back and say with the coronavirus, hey, you know what? They haven't even isolated the virus. They've literally admitted the FCC or this CDC, I'm sorry, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the WHO, the World Health Organization, um, they all admit they have never isolated the virus. They don't have a copy of the virus. They can't even literally prove it exists. Okay, and yeah, then when so you have that, they make a further claim. The further claim is that they say, hey, you know what? We can't even, we can't prove that it's airborne. So if you can't prove it's, that it yeah. exists and you can't prove that it's airborne, then how are you going to come back to me and say, Sam, we're following the science? So the problem is they've created a credibility crisis with their lockdown agenda, sir. Exactly. And how do we know that, that based on that lack of knowledge of what this virus is, how can you make a, a quote-unquote vaccine? And that's another issue that I cover, too. This is not a vaccine that's being administered by Pfizer and Moderna. You know, how do we know that's going to be effective if they haven't even isolated this thing that is supposed to uh, be able to give us immunity to? We can't. That's Ladies and thing, gentlemen, uh, it's a violent world out there from crazy tornadoes to man-made fake vaccines. It's pretty wild and wooly. But you know what? We can turn to our God. We can turn to our families. And we can defend our country. Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson, Liberty Roundtable Live. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, 
The nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live. Chris Carlson sitting in for Lowell Nelson. We're promoting liberty, ladies and gentlemen. That's why Lowell's always on the campaign for liberty.org. I'm for the sacred cause of liberty. Chris Carlson advocating for liberty in his neighborhood. He's telling you about it. He's highlighting the coronavirus scandal. Uh, Chuck Baldwin wrote an article saying it's the biggest, biggest scandal, the biggest lie we've ever been told. And uh, it's hard to say that he's wrong. Anyway, we're talking about this vaccine. It's not at all a vaccine. It's a medical procedure. Uh, it is an RNA-affecting manipulation, uh, but it doesn't follow traditional vaccine guidelines. In other words, it doesn't have a attenuated or diluted copy of the illness designed to make your body build immune responses to it. That's not the way it works at all. In fact, to call it a vaccine requires us to change the definition of a vaccine in the first place. It's experimental. It's being literally experimented on everybody in the world virtually simultaneously. This is a sham to the highest order, Chris. It is. Uh, and it, the, the modality is extremely experimental. They've never tried it on large groups in the past. Uh, I, I was on NPR the other day, and they were trying to say, well, we, we've used this in the past. You know, but they never say, you know, to what limited degree they've used it. So we're administering this to literally hundreds of millions of people throughout the world, Sam. And if there are some glitches, those glitches may not show up in the first few months. It may take six months. It may take a year for those, uh, you know, ill effects to manifest themselves. And a lot of people. Well, it might are even take it might even take a decade or more, like Agent Orange, Chris. Yeah, you. <laughs> You know, one of the first rules of biology is you do not mess with DNA because once you uh, you mess up your DNA, that sort of stuff is irreversible. You know, when, when you have uh, what they call modifications uh, in your DNA, you, that there's there's nothing that can reverse that. It's called it, you, you've corrupted your DNA, and you know whatever that however that manifests itself is going to be with you for the rest of your lives. And I think that may be part of the sinister plan, to, to you know, and that'll probably lead to, to mass deaths. As we know, Bill Gates has publicly stated that he wants to reduce the world population. There are recordings of that out there, Sam. I'm sure you've you've heard them. I can't quote them off the top of my head. If I had been more prepared, I would have you know been able to come up with some videos that we could play over the air. But we know that world population reduction is part of their agenda. And I refuse to take the vaccine, and I'm sure that you're probably in the same boat with me on that, Sam. Are you? 
without a doubt. Um, anyway, is, is, can can we go back? I wrote this, you know, be, actually before the pandemic, before the vaccines came out. So I focused primarily um, on the pandemic itself. And as you know, Sam, I have a business, and I have the luxury of knowing over 450 clients. So one of the things that I write in this expose that I've given to all of my neighbors is the fact that. Uh, I know these people, and I come in contact with them on a regular basis. And during the first eight months of this pandemic, I, I asked everybody I knew, I said, have you gotten the coronavirus? Do you know anybody that has? And most people say, well, no, I haven't gotten it. I don't know anybody who's gotten it. Or, or occasionally somebody would say, yeah, I do know that somebody's gotten it. And, you know, I took a little unscientific survey and determined that if this is a pandemic, boy, this must be the weakest pandemic in the history of the world because I wasn't, I, after eight months, I had not heard anybody that I personally knew, which, like I say, is about 450 people uh, having died from this. And I thought, you know, statistically, they, can't, they keep telling us on the mainstream media, well, you know, you've got an, uh, an academic uh, or, um, you know, all these people dying, you know, down in Texas or or in New York City, or in Italy. But I wasn't seeing that personally. Uh, did, did that seem suspicious to you? It's very suspicious Ma'am? to me. Uh, and it also seems to me that they uh, are deceiving the people regarding the death rate, the illness rate, uh, who's a carrier, or who passes it along, and who doesn't, how and why. I debate that it's not even proven that it's airborne at all. Uh, now, I do know people who have died from the coronavirus. I've got two people very close to me who have died from the coronavirus. I'll tell you about one of them. Uh, I have a sister uh, who grew up with my family uh, who is an Indian or a Native American, and she literally died due to the coronavirus. So, uh, you know, I do have people close to me who have died from it, but I do think they have very unique uh, conditions pre-existing conditions, and I don't think that we can uh, say that the corona killed them. I think we can say that the corona might have been uh, the straw that breaks the camel's back in many cases, uh, but I also know that we act like you can't die from the corona, but if you die from something else, it's okay. You die from a heart attack. You die from this. You die from that. A car wreck. No problem. You die from the coronavirus. It's like the end of the world. Everybody's got to die, and everybody's got to die of something. So I'm not at all dismissing the death surrounding the coronavirus. I am submitting to you that the numbers are fraudulent, and I'm submitting to you that people need to die of something. And most of the people that have died uh, had other conditions and or are elderly. There are exceptions, uh, but people die with exceptions all the time. Car wrecks, uh, heart attacks, many other health problems and everything else. So we need to be very careful not to isolate corona and act like, hey, that's the cause of, of so many deaths. I don't believe factually it's true at all. And they say, Sam, if you had somebody close to you that died, you'd feel different. Uh, I disagree. Just because I feel bad about the people that have died, that doesn't mean that I'm ready to give up my liberty on that altar. Those who trade their security for liberty wind up with neither, Chris. Well, and here's the thing. The CDC admitted uh, back in July, I believe, that the people who were dying of the coronavirus had, on average, 2.6 underlying conditions. And what I mean by underlying conditions, Sam or they had diabetes, or they had cancer, or they had pre-existing heart conditions, um, admitting to the fact that 
these people at some point, maybe not, you know, when they died, but maybe a year or two down the road would have eventually succumbed to these diseases. And that's the CDC's own statistics. So that's why in my paper I asked Dr. Fauci, obviously rhetorically, and Dr. Redfield, why are you not talking about strengthening our immune system? Why are you not talking about addressing the problems that are preexistent so that we, we are stronger and more able to, uh, with, to fight off diseases once they come? But they didn't do that. They didn't talk about supplementation like vitamin D, zinc, magnesium, all of these things help a lot in, you know, whatever condition we may be fighting with as far as our health is concerned. They didn't address those. All they told us to do is to self-isolate, wear the mask, uh, you know, don't go out and get sunlight. Well, obviously, they wouldn't tell you not to get sunlight, but, you know, the, the, the results of what they were telling us to do would have led to, to us being unhealthy, which I never complied with. And I found that my customers, you know, once I... I, I talked to them, and maybe, you know, they they were honest with me about it. They realized that, yeah, you're probably right. All of these guidelines are counterproductive. And, you know, Yeah, to like me, social distancing I, I is not very social. Very early. So, social distancing is, distancing is not very social, to prove the point, as kind of in-your-face as we can get. Why don't you read the rest of the flyer so yeah. people get a, get a flavor of it? And then how would people get a copy if they oh, want to distribute uh, a set? And then and I talked about agency a lot. You know, this is, a, 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 it. I think uh, it's a 16-page document, Sam. I tried to make it as concise as possible, but it was nearly impossible. Um, I, let me read this part. And I do cite, cite death statistics. You know, in October, the, the death statistics that were issued by the CDC indicated that uh, this year was no different than the two years previous. In fact, in October, at that point, you know, when the pandemic was supposed to be well advanced in its progress, we had fewer people in the United States of America had died than at that point the previous two years, not, not only the previous year, but the previous two years, uh, which was very suspicious. Okay, I, I'll read this. I have never heard Dr. Fauci or Dr. Redfield even mentions strengthening one, one's immune system. Instead, they recommend measures that do just the opposite. Stay home, or you are not likely to get much fresh air, sunlight, or exercise. Although some people can work from home, others can't. These draconian stay-at-home orders have effectively weakened our economy, as well as reduced or eliminated the ability of some to earn an income. How do you think the anxiety of income loss, as well as not being a productive contributor to society, affects one's physical, mental, and spiritual health? What effect does social isolation have on the mind, body, and spirit? According to a study published in the British Medical Journal, Lancet, lockdowns do not work. Government actions such as border closures, full lockdowns, yeah, border closures, full lockdowns, and, and a high rate of COVID-19 testing were not associated with statistically significant reductions in the number of critical cases of overall mortality. And that's from the Lancet. I mean, that's an extremely reputable uh, medical journal. But this information was available to us, you know, throughout the pandemic, Sam. And, you know, these aren't, you know, questionable incredible. sources, the Lancet, the CDC. They're, they're credible, yeah. Uh, and, but, and they were available, you know, and 
just have to look a little harder than most people do. You can't turn on Fox News or CNN or ABC and expect to find these. They're not going to give you these. They're going to continue the panic because people under a state of fear are much more manipulatable and controllable. And that and people need to wake up to this fact. And now that the vaccines have rolled out, I've, I've got another paper, and I, I'm not prepared to discuss it right now. We could do that maybe during another show about how the vaccines are killing more people than the actual virus. And now, let me stop you there, Chris. Are horrible. Let me stop yeah. you there, Chris. There's a study out of Israel uh, that's well-documented by well-known professors. It's found at LifeSite News. I literally reported on that study and tweeted about it, and Twitter shut down my Twitter account over that very point you're making now. Even though I was backed by LifeSite News, backed by collegiate educated physicians who put together the study, my whole Twitter account is shut down now as a result of reporting on that reality check. They know that's the truth, yeah. and they got to shut me down so the word doesn't get out, Chris. You know, it's interesting. And at the very beginning of this 16-page document, Sam, and I, I, I'm sad that that happened to your Twitter account. Are they going to reinstate you? Or is that to... Well, they say if I repent and take down my lies and my false uh, information regarding the cocoa, then they'll reinstate me, and I refuse uh, because it's not a lie. I have every right to report on on a research study that came out. Whether they agree with it or not isn't the point. I have every right to report on it. You, you, you do. It used to be free speech. And it didn't matter if it offended Not anymore, people. buddy. The, the Constitution doesn't, doesn't say free speech unless you offend some small group of people. Um, I guess it sounds as if we're out of time, Sam, but I had something else I'd like to say, but maybe we, we can do that next time. Yeah, give me a Are quick hint. Time? We're out of time, but okay. give me a quick hint. Don't waste time. Go. Okay. In the 1930s and 40s, Adolf Hitler implemented three programs. One was the invasion of foreign countries. One was the slaughter of innocent civilians. The other one was censorship. I point out how those three things that were so abhorrent to the civilized world that Adolf Hitler was perpetrating against his people in other countries, we are now doing the same thing. Yet they're so much more cleverly disguised. Sad but true, ladies and gentlemen. Pray hard, work hard. We declare this nation shall endure. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman and Scott Bradley on your radio. The doctors in the house, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley, his whole life goal has been to preserve the nation. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled Friday, folks, and we're promoting God, family, and country on your radio. This is the broadcast for March 26th of the year of our Lord, 2021. And we're on fire for the sacred cause of liberty today. Welcome to the broadcast, Dr. Scott Bradley. Thank you very much, and um, always good to hear your voice. Again, at the end of the week, we kind of, I guess, well, you're on on Saturday, aren't you, though, too? For me, it's a a wrap-up. Six days a week, we 
Six days a week, we carry the cause of liberty. On the seventh, we simply rest as the good Lord, the author of our liberty, asks us to, sir. Indeed. I think it's a good, pro- it's a good program. All right. There's so much we can talk about, Dr. Bradley. I don't know if you've got a topic you want to mention, but uh, there's a few things we can talk about. We can talk about President Biden, uh, his press conference yesterday, the fact that he's turning everything over to Kamala blatantly in your face doing so. That's one topic we can discuss. Another topic we could discuss uh, is the Honest Money Report. We can also discuss the power grid. Can it handle the electricity uh, manipulations, <laughs> etc.? Do we have enough electricity to power uh, everything, including these cars that are going to be running on electricity? We can talk about the new homeschooling report that just came out. Where do you want to start, my friend? Well, I don't know. I mean, after let's start with the uh, with the. Uh press conference with Biden, I guess. I mean, here we are, 60. well, yesterday was 65 days into his presidency, and I think the longest, well, I don't know, nobody's coming anywhere close to that long as, to, as waiting, and, and uh, you know, some of the presidents, like Reagan and Clinton, uh, you know, had their first press conference nine days into their presidency. We still haven't had a, quote-unquote, State of the Union address from him. And uh, and then the thing that happened yesterday, holy cow. I mean, we're talking, I'll tell you about the only thing that has ever come anywhere close in a political arena to that softball game that happened yesterday. And, well, it wasn't a softball game. It was a wiffle ball game. You know, those little plastic footballs that have little holes punched in them that you hit with a plastic bat when you play with a four-year-old? That's about yeah, where it like was. a badminton game, I mean, huh? The, the fawning press, uh, the slobbering uh, duplicity of everything that happened was just astounding. But, you know, here's the deal. Most of the presidents, when they get in, they can hardly wait to strut their stuff. I mean, they're they're ready to get on stage. They want to promote the reason they were elected. They want to give their agenda an airing. They want to give ideas about what might happen. They get on and, and do a... Um, yeah, and most of the State of the Union addresses are kind of pep rallies, but but at any rate, that's the way it's done. I really suspect that Biden's handlers have been so concerned about his ability to string a full sentence together without somehow bobbling it. Um, I I guess they've waited this long and they've kind of prepped him and primed him, and everybody got their little. Um, you know, there are little slips of paper that said, here, you can talk about this. When anything kind of went off a little bit less, I mean, kind of, you know, Biden, everything was a kind of a softball pitch. The uh, But you look at Trump, there were rude and belligerent, hollered out questions constantly. Uh, but with Biden, it was, it was a love fest. So there's that. But you tied together the Kamala Harris uh, power uh, handoff. I don't know if they go together, but certainly they're probably related. But we could maybe link those guys together. I mean, she is basically doing anything that requires any uh, activity, vigorous, uh, in front of the press kind of thing, although it's still yeah, pretty so Dr. Bradley, the press. You've heard of the leaked email that just came out, the Washington Times and other places reporting on it for your uh, reference point. Headline, Biden, Harris is now in charge of the White House, leaked email. It's a White House directive. Elevates the vice president amid president's health. Bob Unruh, WND.com, 
with this piece that I'm looking at, but it's also in the Washington Times. Please be sure to reference the current administration as the Biden-Harris administration. Yeah, and it's basically an official communication, and it was bolded uh, to make sure people understand. And so this is departing from other presidents. You used to say the Clinton administration, the Trump administration, uh, you know, the, the Kennedy administration, whatever, um, the Washington administration. I mean, I can go right on back. Um, and now, though, it's the Biden-Harris administration, as they literally have an elite directive stating that they're handing over power to Kamala Harris. Now, the problem with that plan, in my opinion, uh, is to elect somebody on that and then to uh, make that transition without being candid and open with the American people uh, borders on criminal activity. Who's really pulling the strings? Who's really running the government in a, quote, Biden-Harris slash all administration? Doctor? Well, you know, when when uh, Biden basically put Kamala in charge of the southern border security policy, et cetera, et cetera, with the uh, northern triangle of, of uh, Central America group and and so on. He, he basically said, hey, you know, uh, I fully trust her. She doesn't have to check with me on anything. I, you know, sure, I'll buy off on anything she says. Um, you know, it, it is really, really a, a departure. I think that's a euphemistic term we could use. But it certainly doesn't follow the 25th Amendment. Uh, the 25th Amendment has a stated process by which these handoffs occur. And um, I, I think it's, it's a kind of a soft handoff that's preparing us for the ultimate thing, which I suspect that most of his handlers um, felt like he'd make it through a couple of years anyway before it happened, uh, and they, they made Kamala the president um, in every intent and purpose. But the, the fact of the matter is... As long as, was, the point is this, the point is this, Dr. Bradley, as long as Kamala goes into the 24 election cycle as the incumbent, which gives her an incredible correct. manipulated advantage, they don't care when it happens as long as that precedes uh, the next election. Well, I truly believe that that is the intent to have her be the incumbent. But if you stop and think about it for about a nanosecond, if you think back to when they, the Democrats had their uh, you know, beauty contest, a bevy of beauties that stood up in front of everybody and did their, um, their little uh, pitch for themselves but prior to the, um, to the primaries, Kamala Harris dropped out very, very, very early. Uh, in fact, nobody was enthusiastic about her candidacy. I mean, I don't remember the numbers exactly, but they were probably below 1% of those polled on that. And, and here we had some of these other, uh, they were off the chart, socialist left-wingies. And, and so the, the mainstream Democrats that, that have always given the Democrats the kind of their power base, we're saying, holy cow, we're better Americans than that. We're not going to do that. I mean, you know, Democrats, blue-collar workers that were, you know, solidly American, all this kind of stuff, were all just so... They were put off by Kamala Harris and the other left-wingers that, uh, that, that they ended up choosing a, um, a tottering old uh, geezer that, uh, that really has trouble stringing sentences together 
cogent thoughts and walking upstairs or whatever like that. And that's not to say that people that have those problems are, are lesser people. It's just that they shouldn't be the chief executive officer, if you will, of the United States. So anyway, Kamala got booted early, early, early. The other left-wingers that were out there, everybody's going, holy cow, we're going to get our heads handed to us in the election. So they picked this uh, stodgy old guy and um, put him forward, and then he picked her. Probably he didn't pick her, but somebody put her forward with the idea of what we're just talking about, about making her the incumbent. Partway through, I don't know how far it will get before it happens, in, in, so they should be ready for the next election. But by every single uh, measurement tool that we have, this has not been anything or anybody that anybody could be uh, excited about. And then uh, Joe hunkers down and bunkers up in his basement or wherever the heck he was he was hiding out during the whole last year, doesn't really have any kind of events for his campaign and then they tell us he wins by an election on an election by more votes than anybody has ever had in all of history probably uh, multiple times over anyway and people don't think there's something stinky they they even double down and say it was the most honest election in history sir well, I yeah, I mean, they they can tell us anything they want. It's because we have this fawning duplicity in the mainstream media to help make it make it so. I mean, Joseph Goebbels, the uh, the Nazi um, propaganda minister for Adolf Hitler. You know, you tell a big enough lie long enough, and it becomes truth. Well, that's kind of where we are in America today, and and I really am astounded at how many that I formerly thought were intelligent and uh, well-thought people have completely uh, adopted it. And and I, I told somebody the other day, now you remember the Jonestown massacre thing that happened to, with the mass suicide, and everybody says they were drinking the Kool-Aid. It wasn't Kool-Aid, it was Flavor-Aid, just, just for the record. We all know that. It's a similar uh, water-flavoring drink that's way high in uh, what is sugary taste. At any rate... In America today, everybody is either so brain damaged because of lack lack of oxygen or or something. Uh, I don't know if COVID vaccines have something in there that uh, diminish thinking capacity. But but the fact of the matter is... Quick pause, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley returns in seconds on your radio. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? 
Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better having a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, sorry for the rude interruption. Dr. Bradley was on a roll, and I interrupted for the commercial break. Thanks for your patience. FreedomsRisingSun.com is the good doctor's prescription for the solutions of how to restore the republic of the traditions of our founding fathers. To Preserve the Nation is his collegiate series and books on the topic. FreedomsRisingSun.com is website with over a 1,000 videos. You ought to become a member today. But weekly Q&As on the Constitution and on the events of the day, in other words, TNT, today is news today, if you will, uh, available also at freedomsrisingsun.com. So, Doctor, you were mentioning that, you know, uh, this idea that we're going to literally allow a, a Kamala Harris to be kind of the shoe-in for the next president of the United States, not by election. With the current challenges over the election of Joe Biden in the first place, now you get a vice president in place that's well, she was kind of uh, on, as you mentioned, Biden's coattails. She wasn't very well-liked. She wasn't very, in fact, she had to drop out first. She, was, she just didn't have enough support at all. And now you have Joe Biden get in under very strange, debatable circumstances, to say the least. And now Kamala Harris rides in on those coattails. Then by, oh, what do you want to say, sleight of hand, she virtually becomes the president by by what by edict by uh necessity by intentional manipulation all the above seem to be kind of true right it truly does i i I think that this has all been such a charade and those that can't see it but like i say i mean they're drinking the flavor aid i mean and, and the media is fostering it and everything. I, I think about how uh, absurd it would have been five years ago to think that there would have been something like this going on. And, and certainly 50 years ago, there would have been a little bit more brain power going into this thing. But it, it all seems so completely contrived and planned. And But there is some hope. I mean, um, uh, you look at Gerald Ford. Uh, he he didn't just automatically because he got flipped into the assignment, uh, you know, right into the, the next time maybe. But that was that was almost 50 years ago, and so so maybe maybe times have really changed so much. But you know, like I I, I think I started to say that I I rarely see so many softball questions, and I guess the only one that really kind of competes with what happened with his 
news conference, yes, so-called news conference, not much news and, and not much uh, anything worthy of repeating. But but uh, back in April of uh, 2004, I was asked to testify before the United States Senate Judiciary Committee. Orrin Hatch was the chair in regards to the reauthorization of the USA Patriot Act. And, and I thought that there would be some exchange and dialogue and all this kind of nonsense that uh, I was so naive about, I guess. But for about an hour, hour and a half before I got to go sit in, in front and, and uh, what I thought would be an exchange of information, uh, there were uh, individuals from the Justice Department that, that uh, presented uh, to uh, Orrin Hatch, the chair, and, and he asked the questions. And I was utterly astounded at the softball, wiffle ball kinds of questions and, and I find out, understand better later, in, in 2012, when he last ran for office, Orrin Hatch said he was the principal author of the Patriot Act, but he was intent on having every single question reinforce what he was trying to do with the Patriot Act. Now, the Justice Department people could not bring anything. They couldn't get to first base with what he was throwing because there was no value there. But nonetheless, for an hour, hour and a half, it went on unendingly, it seemed to me like, they did this, and, and that's kind of what the Joe Biden thing was, was these fawning, you know, falling down and worship. It's kind of like back in the days of Nebuchadnezzar. When the music starts, everybody has to fall down and worship, you know? And uh, that's kind of what the press has done to this presidency. There is no—nobody's calling them out on anything. There's nobody— Well, to prove your point—to prove your point on this, Dr. Bradley, there's a— Headline that just hit the wire that says this Joe Biden brings cheat sheets outlining key policy points to the press conference. Okay, if Trump did that, he'd be slaughtered. They'd say, You know what? You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not qualified to be president. You've got these cheat sheets created by others. Who the heck are your handlers? They would have a heyday with this. But now Trump bring, or Biden literally brings cheat sheets on key policy points. Okay, outlining key policy points to the press conference. No one says a word as he looks through his cheat sheets for talking points. Well, that's the thing is that um, that's another indication to me of how staged this is. Um, you know, he, he gets pre-primed. He, he probably spent days in front of his handlers, and they say, "Now, okay, now, now, Joe, if they say this, what do you say?" No, 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 don't, 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 don't say that. Just now, now, look, just, just stay on target. Now, here, look, look at this piece of paper here. Just when that question comes up, just quickly glance over these bullet points. Okay, now let's try that again. I mean, like I say, it's it's worse than a softball pitch to a four-year-old, and he's bringing these pre-planned, pre-cooked answers. And it's kind of like, no, um, let's, let's understand the big picture here. Let's understand the holistic view of the office. And, and this is kind of a big picture office. If anything is, you've got to have the big picture, but you also need the, the behind-the-scenes information, too. But none of those seem to be anywhere in the brain of Joe Biden. They're certainly not at the tip of his tongue. And, uh, and he just kind of mumbles his way through everything. And everybody's kind of pandering to him about what a genuinely nice guy you are. And that's why all of the illegal aliens are coming in, because you have, boy, everybody just worships at your feet about how how kind and, and grandfatherly you are, some stupid idiot thing like that. 
and th- and there's nothing that says you've got a disaster going on on your hands. We've got a surge at the border. We've got a 20-year high at least going on down there. In the two months of your presidency, we've had over 200,000 people apprehended. We don't know how many people got through. We've got kids in cages and, and so many unaccompanied minors that are held there that, that we got sleeping on the floor, haven't seen the sunshine, haven't had a shower. There's none of that stuff going on. It's just a pass. And, um, and so we can see where the loyalties lie with those that are allowed into the room. Now, I could just, I don't know, Sam, I don't know, what would, what would you ask as a question if you were there? I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is kind of a pop question for you. I mean, if you had time to think about it and formulate it, I'm sure that, that it would be, a, you know, a massive intrusion on their comfort zone. But, uh, All right, I here's what I would, here's what I would what ask. Doing. Here's what I would ask. I'm pretty decent on my feet, my friend. You can toss me any question any time, and I'm ret to go, bro. That's just how we roll on the radio, okay? So here's what I would say to the president. So you're Biden now, and I'm Sam Bushman. I'm a nationally syndicated talk show host. I'm a, a leader for LovingLiberty.net, nationally syndicated radio talk show network, and I'm a newsmaker of the highest order, okay? So here's who I am, and you're Joe Biden, and I'm asking you a question because it's my turn at bat. So here's what I say. President Joe Biden, you know, there's debates between you and Donald Trump about border policy. I get that. I'm not interested in taking one side or the other in the debate. In fact, I don't want to make this a political issue at all. In fact, I don't want to talk about uh, illegal aliens. I don't want to talk about race. I don't want to talk about uh, Mexicans. I don't want to talk about any of those trigger topics. Here's my question for you. If we let the border be open... If we ignore serious security at the border, it seems to me, and I submit that it's about impossible to argue against this point, is a laxed border a national security crisis? Set aside all the politics, but as commander-in-chief, is a loose border or a laxed response on the border the taking down of a border wall, the taking down of any border security, whatever you want to say, uh, is that a national security concern to you, sir? Well, and then if I'm playing Joe Biden, here's how I'm going to answer. I don't think he'd be able to put a cogent thought together. I, I really, I mean, and I would submit to you that this thought. is not it's a right left. Absolutely essential question to this nation right now. And, uh, and I would submit and, this and is actually, not a right left. It's not a Republican Democrat. It's not a, a liberal conservative. It's not a, any of those political talking point things. Uh, this is a serious question for the United States of, of America from a military, so a commander in chief, as well as a, an executor or executive leader. I, I can't hear if there's something coming on. Harris as his lead person down there when we get back. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. 
USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Several powerful tornadoes tore through northern Alabama on Thursday, killing at least five people, injuring dozens of others, and destroying entire neighborhoods. The five confirmed fatalities were in Ohatchee, a town of about 1,200 people in the northwest corner of Alabama. On Thursday, House Consumer Protection and Commerce Subcommittee Chairwoman Jan Sikowski, the Democrat from Illinois, discussed the subcommittee's hearing with the CEOs of Facebook, Google, and Twitter and said that the hearing's purpose was to send the message to tech companies that they're going to regulate and they're going to legislate. San Francisco 49ers defensive lineman Kevin Givens has been hit with an assault charge after he allegedly beat a man at a Maryland hotel. According to court documents, 24-year-old Givens was charged with misdemeanor second-degree assault after Hayden Bosley said he was attacked by the NFL player on February 21st at the Sheraton Hotel. Givens is due in court later next month to face the charge. USA Radio News. Hello, this is Wayne Alaroot for our newest sponsor, Asset Strategies, or ASI for short. ASI is a precious metals powerhouse. They sell gold and silver. Never in history has there been a more important moment to buy gold and silver. ASI has been in business for 39 years. They've served over 20,000 clients and sold $5 billion worth of gold, silver, and precious metals with zero complaints. Last year, gold saw gains of 25%. Silver nearly doubled gold's performance. Now Democrats are in charge. Green New Deal, open borders, free health care for illegals. Bailout broke cities and states. The debt is about to go through the stratosphere. The time to buy is now. The owners of ASI, Michael and Rich Checkin, have been my close personal friends for 16 years. ASI is the company I trust when it comes to buying and selling precious metals. Call now to receive a free consultation and a free one-ounce Silver Eagle with every qualifying purchase when you mention the Wayne Alaroot Show. Call 800-831-0007. That's 800-831-0007. Or visit AssetStrategies.com. Tugboats and specialized suction dredgers worked Friday to dislodge a giant container ship that has been stuck sideways in Egypt's Suez Canal for the past three days, blocking a crucial waterway for global shipping. John Clements from the Texas USA Radio News Bureau has more. Dozens of other ships have not been able to traverse the Suez Canal that is vital to about 10% of the global trade. Those ships remain anchored at either end of the canal. Concern now is that the ever-given container ship could be damaged, further disrupting the estimated 1.9 million barrels of oil per day traveling through the Suez Canal. Patrick DeHaan is with GasBuddy.com. If it's something that may take days or even weeks, we could be looking at crude oil flows disrupted through the Suez Canal, which would be uh, potentially significant. really depends on what happens to oil stocks between Europe and Asia. That's where the kink is. The Ever Given, a Panama flagship, carries cargo between Asia and Europe, and it may have run aground during a sandstorm. USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. So Dr. Scott Bradley asked me a question on the fly. What would you say or what would your question be to President Joe Biden at the press conference yesterday? And uh, I would basically say, hey, you know what? Set aside all the politics. Set aside all the Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, any other divide you can find. And let's just step back and take the politics completely out of it and say, look, President, don't you think that a border that leaks like a sieve, a border uh, that, you know what? I'm not uh, debating illegal aliens or, or th- I'm just telling you, if we have a border that is not protected, is that a national security concern to you, sir? And I submit to you that it's a national security question. This is a question for the commander-in-chief. 
the leader of the greatest military in the world? This is a question for the chief executive of the United States carrying out his responsibilities in the executive branch. Uh, this is a, a, a serious national security crisis. Let's quit calling it a border crisis. Let's call it a national security crisis. That would be my question. That would be the topic and the focus for me, Dr. Bradley. Well, and as we were leaving for the break, my assumption and my belief, strongly held belief, is that the president would not have a valid answer for that. But think for a moment. It is is a preeminent question right now. And, And let's put it in a context. You think of the massive invasion that happened June 6, 1944, D-Day, Normandy coasts, and you take the total number of infused Allied troops into Europe, and you take that and you say, whoa, that, that, was, that, was, an, that was a true invasion, and they came with a purpose, and they weren't going home until they got what they wanted. Well, and that is about, based upon the last two months of uh, infusion into our border, for our southern border, that is about how many come about every month and a half across our border. They're not going home until they get what they want. This is an invasion of D-Day proportion that happens every month and a half based upon what we know we're capturing on that border. We don't know how many really are getting through. Well, somebody does, but I'm not, I'm not sure it's very public knowledge. But the fact of the matter is, this is, can be, I think, an analogy similar to D-Day. And I say, oh, well, they're not armed, they're not bringing explosives and all this kind of stuff. But, but what they bring is explosive in so many ways. It's, it's a, uh, an infusion in a marketplace for, now there's a lot of, you know, like uh, Chamber of Commerce people who say, oh, we got cheap labor here. Well, that, that was kind of, if, you, if people don't study history anymore, but Emperor Valens back in, in uh, Ancient Rome wanted the infusion across another border, on their northern border of Rome, uh, cheap labor, conscripts for uh, for military, and markets to for his Roman citizens to sell to. Those were the basic three reasons that he thought that the uh, um, you know the barbarians, if you will, coming in from the north would be should be welcomed into Rome. Well, it wasn't that many months before Valens and his his empire were on their well, Valens was killed in battle, but but the empire ultimately fell apart because of that. We're having the same kinds of discussions today. Oh, we need bigger markets. We need we need cheap labor. And, of course, they always play up uh, in the background the idea that we can get these people to go into our military and serve as cannon fodder or whatever. But the fact of the matter is uh, this, uh, this will be a change hugely our dynamic in this nation. And uh, these people are going home, and they're going to invite more and more and more and more people. And it's a, an yes, ongoing they are. invasion. And, Dr. Bradley, if I got a follow-up question, some of his favorite reporters got several follow-up questions as well. Instead of going uh, to other reporters, he allowed certain reporters to get the follow-up questions, and other folks never got a chance. Uh, but the follow-up question I would ask would be this. Um, you know, President Biden, whether you think the border is a security crisis or not, what about Kamala Harris, your vice president's communist past? Um, you know, I know in the 60s we really had a concern about communism in America, and most people believe that, uh, you know, the communism fell back in the 80s, the Cold War. We came out of that, and thank heavens we stopped the communists and the bad guys, and we're all okay now. We're friends with the communists, China, Chinese, and Russians, and everybody else. But you know what? Communism is alive and well, and the principles of communism slash socialism, all roads uh, lead to tyranny in that realm. 
So, uh, President Biden, are you concerned about the communist ties of your vice presidential pick and now the vice president of the United States? Are you concerned with her ties to communism? And does that concern you as the commander in chief? That would be my next follow up question, doctor. Well, and, and it is interesting that a, a couple of, you know, I always try and connect the dots on things. You know me, I'm kind of a little bit different than most. But um, uh, Kamala Harris um, and, and her leftist, uh, I won't say beanings, uh, but belief system, she has been put in charge by Biden on that southern border. And, uh, again, and, and the northern triangle of, of the um, uh, Central American states and Everything. It's interesting to me that never, not once, not ever, to my knowledge, and I try and pay attention on these things, has she ever expressed any concerns about anything that had to do with border security? And now she's in charge of it. She has never breathed the concern about an infusion of illegals. And, and it's just astounding to me to see that he's handed this over to her. She doesn't even need to talk to him about it. Just as a little interesting side note. Uh, clear back in the, well, it was about 105 years ago, uh, there was a little invasion from Mexico that happened with Pancho Villa. And uh, Pancho Villa came across into New Mexico. They had a pretty big skirmish there. There was some lives lost on both sides and all that kind of stuff. It was an invasion. By the way, in, in Article 1, Section 10, we find that the, those local people had every right to respond with, with firearms and didn't have to wait for or some kind of massive response out of Washington, D.C. But at any rate, Pancho Villa, clear back then, was a communist. And, and he's held up as a big icon and a folk hero and everything like that in, in many circles. But Pancho Villa was a communist. He was a red flagger. And, and the communist movement in Mexico was, was quite a movement. And in fact, they, they held sway and were in ascendancy and all that kind of... By the way, they confiscated firearms and all that kind of stuff at the time they were down there. They destroyed the economic system, the uh, real money system, all those kinds of things. But the fact of the matter is, that surge from the South is, is similarly based today. And it's just not Mexicans either. We have... Everybody that's coming across has been steeped in a socialistic government, and, and their economics is all messed up. And there's, they call them OTMs, other than Mexicans that come across. We have people from the Middle East. We have people from Asia that are, that are coming across the border. And, and we know that for a fact, based on the literature they're bringing with them. So this is absolutely a, a national security issue, and it's being completely swept under the carpet, and the people that are standing there or sitting there, I guess they'd say, in these press conferences with the chief executive officer of the nation and uh, his stand-in, are, are everybody's getting a pass. There's, there's nobody that's, that's pushing on this. And your, your questions are valid and, and essential for being answered. And as in, I say oftentimes, we're at a hinge point in America today right now. And uh, I, I do not see happy endings unless people re-engage in, in this process that, that we, need to, we need to have this nation again restored to its foundation. It's tragic. So that's a question that I would ask in a follow-up question. I got another one. If I, was, if I was given the chance to ask multiple questions, I got another one for you to think about. And I would ask this. I would say, you know, President... Um, I know we're printing, printing, printing dollars like it's going out of style as we promote the stimulus and promote, you know, 
trying to get the economy back on track. So we create these dollars that say on the top of them Federal Reserve note. And, um, you know, that's considered a dollar in America today. In fact, it's, it's become the petrol currency of the world, this this you know, Federal Reserve dollars that we use today so prevalently. You probably have one in your wallet, Joe, if you have your wallet on you. Um, but nevertheless, we also, in the United States of America, uh, have a treasury that has a mint. And at the mint at the treasury, they print silver eagle, silver dollars. <clears throat> and it's, it's in fact, if you go to the treasury okay. now, uh, yeah, they have, they have silver eagle, silver dollars that they create yearly. So there's the 2021 silver eagle silver dollar and it's literally a one try ounce of silver and it literally says on it one dollar so president my question to you is which dollar is the real dollar because here's the problem president it takes 38 of those dollars you're printing like it's going out of style to buy one of the other dollars right now and i want to know which is the official united states dollar sir If, you know, I mean, and I'm sure you would not get this answer from Joe Biden, but um, if you go back to the Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 5, it says Congress shall have power to coin money. And coining, if you go back to the definition that was used in the founding era, it did not have anything to do with printing presses. It had everything to do with stamping intrinsic value metal. And the 1792 Coinage Act that was passed at the behest of, of George Washington and, and his Secretary of State, Thomas Jefferson. The Congress had been a little slow at doing it, but they, they defined and they they set up exactly what a dollar was. Hang tight. We'll talk more in seconds about it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Liberty Roundtable Live with Dr. Scott Bradley. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The calm before the storm. By a friend of Megagoria, the strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, little Q, the calm before the storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.
2000. Dr. Bradley, before I let you rock and roll on what a real dollar is, Congress defines it. You're absolutely right. And the reason that I would ask the question that I brought forward, which is the real dollar, the fake dollars you're printing, or the minted dollar, a one troy ounce of silver that is brought forth even currently right now. You can get a 2021 uh, uh, silver eagle silver dollar right now. But it says a dollar on it. But it takes 38 of the Federal Reserve or fake dollars, paper dollars, to buy one of these gold or silver dollars right now. Uh, and so I would say, you know, President, which dollar is the real dollar? And if he said the fake Federal Reserve note dollar, then I would say, then why are you lying and forcing the mint to print these silver eagle silver dollars that say a dollar on them? And if he said, no, the silver eagle silver dollar is the real dollar, then I would say, then why are you printing fake fiat currency and lying to the people and saying it's a dollar? Which fake news dollar are you peddling and why? And I would start there because I think it exposes um, one of the greatest frauds in American history, which is moving us from an honest asset-based currency to a fiat debt-based reality. Doctor? Well, there's so many things we could pull on that right now at this, but, but let's go back to the convention of 1787. On August 16th, in 1787, during the convention, there was a, a debate, a discussion about this very subject that we're talking about. And uh, if, if you'll get out the, uh, the uh, James Madison's Journal of the Convention, you can, you can read in Volume 2, pages 542 through 543, this exact discussion. And they discussed the idea of emitting bills of credit. That was being able to print money. There was uh, those that had had a lot of experience with that during the Revolutionary War. We'd destroyed our economy with that approach, and the Brits have even used it against us to, to help undermine the, uh, the economy and, and weaken our war effort. But they had this discussion about emitting bills of credit, um, and that, that was uh, the discussion of, of this printing press stuff. And there was a, uh, a Mr. Reed, I believe he's from Delaware, if I recall correctly, uh, he was so concerned about leaving the power of the United States government to print money that this is his words, well, as, as, uh, Jer as Madison captured them. He says, Mr. Reed thought the words, if not struck out, would be as alarming as the mark of the beast in Revelation. Okay, so they were absolutely, unequivocally aware of the dangerous step that that would be to have this paper money, printing money kind of thing in there, and they did strike it out. They, they had uh, nine votes to strike it out and, and two that were against it. So here we have, right from the very beginning, we have that. We go to the 1792 Coinage Act. They specifically define a dollar based upon coin uh, count of, of grains of, of silver, okay? We, we come forward all these years, we find that um, uh, they, they confiscated real money, well, gold anyway, back in 1933 with, with Roosevelt. But we have on congressional testimony, the head of the Federal Reserve, Mariner Eccles, testifying in Congress under oath that the Federal Reserve that's involved in this creates money out of thin air, loans it to the United States government at full value, with interest associated with that. It is a scam, people. 
And, and we can go back to the very beginning of this nation and understand clearly what has happened. And so Sam's question is a valid one, but I suspect that Mr. Biden has never thought down that path for a nanosecond, nor have anybody that's, that's in, in any position of authority in his administration, any of his handlers. And, and I suspect that they would say, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, legal tender. That, that's what that piece of paper in your wallet is. That's legal tender. We defined it as such. That's fiat money. That's great. Then why are you calling the Silver Eagle Silver Dollar a dollar on its face? You're having the, the Treasury at the Mint there create those every single year. You've done it, uh, you know, for over 100 years that you've allowed this Federal Reserve dollar to be the dollar. And now you're saying that other one's a dollar. And. You know, why don't you just pay people one dollar an hour, a silver eagle, silver dollar, and therefore the minimum wage would be equivalent to thirty-eight dollars. There, Joe. Well, you know, we do that because it's popular. Well, people like a shiny object in their pocket, you know, and we people Americans really like that folding money because it doesn't wear holes in their pockets when they're there. I mean, there are so many idiot answers to this thing, but the fact of the matter is. Real money has intrinsic value, and, and I've got a chapter in, in my book, To Preserve the Nation, that talks about real money and that talks about what happens when printing presses um, go amok. And, uh, and, and we can look back at the Weimar Germ- Germany Because here's, here's between... the deal. Here's the deal, Doctor. If we're going to do my income tax coming up in April here in a couple of days, then if I take my money and I say that I'm referring to my world in silver eagle, silver dollars minted by the Treasury, then if I make an average of $50,000 a year, but I divide it by 38 to get the you know real um, coin dollar or the, the silver eagle, silver dollar equivalency, I've only made thir- uh, $1,315 this year. Well, you know, I, I think that what you're going to do is get some pushback on that because of the scoundrels that we have in charge of things. But I, but you have a valid point. I mean, I, I I think that your point is something that should be on the forefront of, of the discussion in re- regards to our monetary system. But even with our polluted system that we have right now with Federal Reserve notes and using that as the, the uh, measurement tool, with using that tool... America only brings in uh, $3.5 trillion a year from all revenue sources. On an average year lately, we've been spending $4.5 trillion of those Federal Reserve notes. And then just the other day, Biden signed a bill that, that uh, on its face says nine, uh, I mean, excuse me, $1.9 trillion of those Federal Reserve notes in just one bill. We were already overdrawn by trillions of dollars, and he just put another one out there. And the, what they're doing is inflating the amount of dollars that are out there in, in their definition, which drives our costs through the ceiling, which is someday there's going to be an accounting. And, uh, and, and I, in my chapter on, on money, we talk about uh, Daedalian wings and, you know, Daedalus and his uh, flight and the wings melted ultimately and he crashed into the Icarian Sea. That's what's going to happen. America is going to crash and burn, and that's always been the final outcome with one of these phony baloney money systems. And and America's in real trouble right now, today. And again, All right, so, Doctor, those it? would be the two questions, if I were to give be given two directions, if you will. Those, those are the questions that I would ask, and those are the follow-up points that I would make. Um, not too bad on the spot, I would say, but what would be your questions? What would you ask? 
<laughs> oh, holy cow. I, I'm, uh, I'd have to think about that. There's so many ways my mind goes, as you know, like I pull on shiny string objects and we, we end up in the, I mean, the, the idea of war. I mean, when, when, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mitt Romney was running for president. He got asked what would happen in regards to an issue of war. He says, well, I'd, I'd consult with my, my attorneys. Well, that's the wrong answer. Read the Constitution. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11 says Congress has power to declare war. You flip it back over to Congress. I mean, we have all sorts of, of issues in regards to uh, not just the economy, but our international affairs and, and all of the, uh, uh, I guess I can't call it anything but a diabolical war mentality in this country. And, and, and it, it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on. I mean, a guy like oh, uh, Lindsey Graham has never seen a conflict around the world who didn't want to get some Marines killed in. I mean, these kinds of things are, are hinge points in America. I mean, you talk about um, the idea of killing your unborn children. What about killing your children or killing other people's children around the world? And uh, so, I don't know, something about our uh, warmongering and, and our uh, belligerence around the world. And Oh, by the way, and this is, uh, again, I, I jump topics pretty fast, but, but the American trade group uh, met with China the other day, and they got their, somebody ate their lunch. I mean, the, <laughs> the Chinese devoured them in that meeting. And and, and we really are a, a kind of a weak, flabby, um, unmanly country anymore because we basically go on bended knee before almost any country in the world. And if we're not, we're going we're gonna to send a few bombs that way and we'll beat them into submission. It's just astounding what we've lost as a nation. No, no, there's no strength left in the position we come from because we've given away all our high ground, you know? So I don't know. That's not it's a good answer to your question. It's a tragic reality. That question would not. It's a tragic Again? reality, and it's a target-rich environment for discussion for sure because there's so many questions that could be asked that would be legitimate. The pro-life point you made is a critical one, the national security one, the money one. You might also ask about government schools, too. You know, say, hey, you know, the government schools are the 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto. Do you back that 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto? President? Well, you know, and, and it really is an astounding thing that, that we really need to think about, that, that we have violated the First Amendment, and we have created a, a national religion in humanism. And, and the humanists realized this when, when they established it in our education system. It is a faith-based uh, uh, godless, uh, no, there's no uh, divine god. But um, honestly and truthfully, uh, the humanist religion has, has become our religion of the day. And, uh, and we in America have, have adopted that. It's a godless belief system, faith-based, and, and, and now it's, it's where we... <laughs> Well, we, we're educating our children five days a week, and, well, on the weekend they do their homework. And how do we expect a, an hour of Sunday school every once in a while to offset that? And that's why we have such a fouled-up uh, group of woke people today. We've had this enough generations that it's really uh, – it, it's, it's become a, a real sticking point, and it's being able to stay on track with what 
what America really is, has been and should be about, you know. Um, I, I just I want to make this point before the end of the hour. I want to make this point before the end of the hour, Doctor. You can ask me any questions you want on the fly. I'm not telling you that I have perfect answers, but you know what? I have worked on ways to restore the republic for 25-plus years, and I've been on the radio for that whole time, and I've been asked question after question after question by people on the fly. And, and so I want to be very clear. I'm not telling you that I have every answer, but I am telling you that I have studied the Founding Fathers extensively, and I am prepared to double down for solutions every time. I'm double down on the choke points that are causing America's problems, and I'm also providing solutions to those uh, every single day on your radio. So I don't want to be the guy that complains and complains and then never has any answers. I want to be the guy when somebody says, well, what do you think, Sam, that I'm ready to go ahead and hit grand slam? Not for me, not because I'm a rock star, but because I want Americans to be that educated about the way we can restore the country, and that's what this whole broadcast is about. 20 seconds, final words yours, Doctor. Well, we do have the answers. Our back trail is well-known, they're well-defined, and we do have answers to everything that faces America today, and they're found in the tradition of the Founding Fathers, those original intents, the the words of our charter of the nation. And, and we can go back to that instantly, if we would. Amen to that, Dr. Bradley. God bless you. Freedomsrisingsun.com is website, ladies and gentlemen. Check it out. Incredible stuff. Freedomsrisingsun.com. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, we declare we the people can restore our grand old republic if we turn to God Almighty. This nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.